Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show, episode 310. Today, I want to talk to you about leading through a change in your company's compensation plan. If you've ever had to deal with this before, you understand how challenging it can be, especially if that change in compensation plan short-term means a reduction in pay for many of the people on your team. How do we as a leader, how do we keep people focused and engaged to be able to move through that uncertainty of a change and stay motivated to take action? So if you've ever had to deal with that, this is going to be a really great episode for you, but it's also going to be a really great episode if you're somebody that finds yourself struggling, like you get people to become consultants, but you can't ever actually get them to do the work. So maybe you're somebody that is consistently sponsoring people into your team, but none of them actually pan out to be anything other than just, hey, I agreed to become a consultant and that's it. So we're going to really dive into the source of those two issues because in this conversation, they're very directly related. The inspiration for today's episode actually came from a coaching session that I did with a leader in our next level program where she was actually, her company had just made a major compensation plan change. And this was having a really negative impact on her business. What she shared with me was that her business was significantly down in the month of June because of this, uh, she felt a big contributing factor was this comp plan change. A lot of people were just feeling confused and a little discouraged with everything that was going on. And so she was really kind of struggling with, how do I get out of this slump? And so here was the big change. And I want to just start off kind of talking about this and why a company would do something like this, because it might help some of you get a better understanding if you've been through this. The first thing I want to say is this. It is totally normal for companies as they grow and evolve to change their compensation plan. Sometimes the changes are positive. Sometimes they're not all positive. But what's important to understand is normally when a company changes a compensation plan, it's usually thinking more towards the future sustainability of the business. And sometimes it's hard for us as a leader, if we have an immediate reduction in our income, it's hard for us to really see that in a positive light. But what I want you to understand is this, is if you trust the company and the people that are running it, then you also have to kind of trust that they're making these decisions to make sure that they can continue to pay you over a long period of time. And what good is it for a company to pay out a compensation plan that they actually can no longer afford and they have to go out of business? And I know this very well because it actually happened to me. I worked with a network marketing company. It was a startup that actually wound up closing because they couldn't afford to pay their compensation plan anymore. So I want you to understand this is a natural part of the industry. It happens. I think what we have to do as leaders, we have to learn how to accept the changes and figure out what, if anything, do we need to do in terms of adjusting to the new world of the state of our business in terms of our teaching and training. And this is where we actually uncovered a huge thing, which was the way that she was getting people to join her team was actually not going to work for her anymore with the new comp plan. So I'll get into that for a second. But here's the big change that they made. So they actually stopped paying her commissions on the product purchases 
of the consultants on her team. So any of the consultants, the products that they were buying for their own personal use, they were no longer getting paid commissions on those products. Now, for some people, this was a significant reduction in their pay. Now, for this particular leader, it wasn't quite as bad, okay? It wasn't quite as bad because she always did have a real focus on retail customers. So it was a little bit less of a hit. But just to put into perspective for you, she has a pretty big business and she was only at year-over-year comparison. She was like at 50% of where she was uh, June the year prior. So it was a pretty big dip, okay? Let's talk about why would a company do something like that? Well, I can't know for sure because I wasn't in the room when they were making the decisions. But I can almost guarantee here's part of it is probably inflationary considerations, right? The prices of things are going up. It's costing companies more to produce products and run businesses. So, you know, I'm sure that may have been a consideration. But here's probably a really big one because we see a lot of companies starting to make adjustments in their business because of this. There's actually something called the Amway rule. It's otherwise referred to as the 70% rule. This was an FTC case where they actually, Federal Trade Commission against Amway, where they kind of dinged Amway because they didn't have enough of their volume, their business volume, coming from actual retail customers. And that the majority of their volume was just coming from what's called internal consumption. So that means if like everyone on your team is just a rep and you're just getting paid on the product usage of your reps, that's what's referred to as internal consumption. And the FTC does not like that. There's less and less nowadays in product companies. You don't see this quite as much as sometimes service-based companies. I worked in a service company and you see this a lot more there where there's a much bigger focus on recruitment, right? It's just recruit, recruit, recruit. Customers are kind of treated like second-class citizens, right? But in an environment like that, under the Amway or the 70% rule, those kinds of companies are at risk. Now, the FTC is not actively out there policing this, but they are watching this. And here's what the 70% rule says, is they want to see that at least 70% of your business volume is coming from actual retail customers and not consultants. So what we've seen happen is a lot of companies have changed their classification of what a consultant and a customer is. They've created more of a clear delineation between those two things. In a lot of companies, there's like this preferred customer role that technically is a consultant and it counts as a consultant. They're a lot of companies are trying to re or do away with that because they want a clearer delineation between somebody that's building the business and somebody that's not. Now, listen, I'll tell you, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing long-term because when you think about the sustainability of a business, if the only volume that's coming through your team is the people that are actually building the business, and if we know just by the nature of our of our business that the vast majority of those people are probably not going to stay on the test of time. Well, if the only reason why they were buying the products is because they were in the business, then that leaves you susceptible to your business long-term. But if you have actual real customers that are using the products for real reasons and enjoying it, it's a way more stable business. So when you see the companies that have more of a customer focus, in a lot of cases, you see people that have much more solid foundations for their business, right? So, and that was part of my conversation with her is, 
first and foremost, I said, you know, I wanted to know how are you feeling about the change? Because you need to really manage your own mindset around the change because part of your job as a leader is to be able to really paint that vision of how this could be good for us in the future. Most people on your team are probably only looking at the negative side of things that, and look, I get it. It's hard to not focus on the negative if your paycheck is less this month than it was the last month because of these changes. But I said, your job is to get them focused on how this could be a great thing and start to make the necessary changes today to get them on the path of rebuilding. So anyway, so I wanted to just kind of share that as a backdrop. And I think a lot of you might find that interesting, especially if you've been in a company that has made some comp plan changes. The other reason why companies make comp plan changes, quite frankly, because part of this change was she said they did put out some big bonuses. So she said, even though they were reducing our commissions in that way, they were giving us the ability that if we were still able to go out and achieve a certain percentage of our goal, that we would earn big bonuses. And in some cases, you actually could have done better. The reason why they do that is because they want to incentivize some of the more mature leaders that have bigger businesses that maybe they kind of took their foot off the gas. They want to get those people back in the mix and building. And so that's another reason why sometimes they do it. But anyway, so for her particular example, she wasn't as affected by this change than others, like I told you, because she had a lot of retail customers. But she was feeling frustrated because when it came to her team, she said most of them were really disengaged. So she's like, how do I get my volume back up? How do I get my team back up if nobody's actually willing to get out and do the work? Now, there was a seasonality factor that she acknowledged. It's June and in her area, there's lots of vacationers in the summer. And and where I live, I was like, I totally get it. I live in an area where there's a mass migration every single weekend to the beach. You know, Shannon and I just went out to dinner last Saturday night to a place that in May, we probably couldn't even have got a table. We walked in on Saturday night. There was nobody in the place, right? So there is a seasonality factor to businesses. That's why it's actually helpful not to necessarily compare month by month where you are, but to look back. So like instead of saying, well, here's what I did in May, here's what I should do in June. It's like, what did you do in June of last year? That's sometimes a more accurate descriptor of whether you're having a good or a bad month. But she was feeling frustrated because she said, anytime I have a conversation with someone on my team, all I get is excuses, right? So the first thing that I always look for is what are you personally doing? Because what I understand is you can't make people do something they're not willing to do. And far too often leaders, they spend way too much time trying to drag people across the finish line, trying to motivate them. And all they wind up doing is just frustrating themselves and wasting their time. So the first thing I always say is do what you have control over. Get out there, find new people. Show your team that they're still in a a great opportunity by sharing the stories of new people that you're recruiting that are having success, right? And that was my first piece of advice to her. I was like, if you can find some stories of newer people that are having success and start sharing those stories with your team, that becomes a really powerful motivator because it starts to take their excuses away. They're stuck in their own red light stories. How can I do this? The comp plan has changed. And then they see a brand new person that just got started that's out of their mind excited, having success, and it makes them question that belief and that assumption. So I was like, you got to get back out there and you got to focus. And she's like, well, I am. And she is a consistent top recruiter, top customer getter. And she says, I recruit about one to three people per month. She goes, the problem is that they never pan out to anything. So I was like, well, let's talk about that. And I sensed that maybe that was part of the issue here. 
So we started to dive a little bit deeper, and this was the big thing that came up that I wanted to share with you because a lot of you are probably using a similar type strategy. She said, I usually say to them something like this. So, you know, in her system, they always, they get a customer first and then they upgrade to consultant. She says, the way that I do that is typically I just say, well, you love the products. What have you got to lose? Right? What have you got to lose? I bet a lot of you have, especially if you have a lower startup, like I think for her, they only had to pay like as low as $29 to become a consultant, which got them a discount on the products, right? So there was this like, well, what do you have to lose? It's a no-brainer. And she even went so far to say, that's what happened for me. That's what somebody did for me. That's how I became a, con- you know, that's how I started building the business. And I know lots of people do that, but here's what I pointed out to her. I said, under the old compensation plan, that made sense for you, but it doesn't anymore. Because the moment that person becomes a consultant, you now do not get paid on their product purchases anymore. So it's not a smart business decision for you to do that. And I said, if that's what's being modeled and taught to your team, and that's what everybody's doing, you are literally working against yourself and you're cannibalizing your own business revenue. So I said, I've got a simple piece of advice for you. Don't do that anymore, right? Don't be like, you got nothing to lose. Like I said, here's the first thing you need to really institute. There needs to be a much clearer delineation between what a customer and a consultant is. We can no longer sell customers on becoming consultants because it just makes sense. What have you got to lose? Here's the thing. That is the easy thing to do. And listen, I don't want to offend any of you, but it's also the lazy thing to do. See, here's the thing. If that's the way you get somebody to become a consultant and start your business, what have you got to lose? There's absolutely no value whatsoever for them actually following through and doing the business. See, as human beings, if we're given something for free or we're given something with very little effort on our part, Like if it's like, what have you got to lose? Here, sign up. That's such little effort for us to become a consultant. As humans, we have no emotional connection to it and we place very little value on the things that don't require a lot of effort. So what was happening was you have these one to three people per month what have you got to lose? They would come in, but there's no emotional connection, right? They never did it because they never intended to do it. You didn't create enough value on the front end. So it was like, I was sharing this with her and immediately what I thought about is I'm like, you need transformational selling. I said, what you need to do is there needs to be a much bigger focus on the conversation that happens with a customer to determine whether or not they should become a consultant. That conversation is the skill of selling. And I said, here's where transformational selling is exactly what you need right now. Because what your first thing, here's what you want to do. You want to qualify, right? Like selling 101 is you need qualified prospects. And I said, if, and here's what determines in my mind a qualified prospect to become a consultant. Is there a desire? Or is there some sort of problem or need? Is there something in their life that they're struggling with that they may be able to see your business as a vehicle to help them with? Because if there's no problem, there is no transformational sale. If there's no problem, if there's no area of dissatisfaction, there will be no motivation for somebody to actually do it. 
So I said, you need to teach people how to have a simple conversation that determines if there's even a need. Is there a reason why they should do it? Now, that's going to require them to slow down, to focus a little bit more on, on being intentional and having a plan. But here's the way I would do it. If you don't have a problem, you don't have a need, and if the only way I can get you to do it is what have you had to lose, guess what? I'm not going to get you to do it. I don't want you to be a consultant. Now, look, even if most of you are not in a situation where a compensation plan change has been made like that, I still would recommend to not sign people up until they're ready. It doesn't serve them. Honor people as what they are, their customers. So, so I was like, what you have to do is you really need to get people focused on understanding how we create value on the front end for somebody doing it. And I said, what you need to do is you need to be doing this immediately. And guess what? That might mean that you don't sign up three people as consultants every month. But guess what? That's a good thing. If you only sign up one person a month as a consultant and you know that that person has a real intention of doing it, you don't have to waste your time or attention on these other people trying to figure it out. You just focus on that one person and you go out and you find others. And I said that right now, from my perspective with everything you told me, that is the most important thing that you can do. Look, it's as simple as this. Just ask someone why. Why would you want to do this? Right? Like, just find out why. Don't just sign them up. Why do you want to sign up? Take some time to have a conversation with them about their life. Connect with them because that becomes the leverage for you to be able to influence them and push them and motivate them to do the work. Without that, there's nothing. See, if you just rely on, but it's a great comp plan, it's not enough. There needs to be a reason why. So I told her, get out there. I'm giving you permission to let your team go for the short period of time. And that doesn't mean like give up on them. That just means stop wasting your time to get them to do things that are not yet ready to do. Understand the most important thing you can do is find new people, share new stories to inspire them and remind them that there's still a great opportunity here. And then the final thing is this. You got to cast the vision of where you're going. See, when things like this happen, when there's big comp plan changes and in the short term, it is a negative for a lot of people, it's really easy for people to get just stay focused on where they are. And I said, the problem is if they're focused only on where they are and their current problems and obstacles, they're always going to struggle with motivation. I said, your job as a leader is to keep people focused on the vision of where you're going, why you're doing this, remind them why it's important, inspire them to think outside of their current problems. I said, if you can just keep casting that vision, communicating that vision, the ones that are ready and willing will follow. And guess what? If nobody does, then so be it. So you go find a new wave of leaders that you can begin to create. So so that, that's what I wanted to share with you. I just, I felt like there were some really important lessons that we kind of discussed in there. And, but so one of the most important ones is as a leader, we just need to understand that it is our job to navigate change and we need to be that calming influence and that light when things feel dark. But the other thing I want you to take away is I want you to really pay close attention to your, the way that you bring people into your business. Are you taking the easy way out? Or are you actually developing the skill of transformationally selling and learning how to qualify someone, identify a need, and then actually find out what that is so you have that leverage to be able to move them into action? So that's the episode for today. Hope you got some value out of it. If you did, please do me a favor, share this with somebody that you think it could help. And uh, I'll see you soon on the next episode.